This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, I ask you tonight, you'll open the word to us. Lord, I thank you for your presence. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. God, we want you. We need you to change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Dr. Rutland was telling me one time that he was going to preach, I think it was 454 sermons that year or something like that. I was like, how in the world does anybody preach 450-something sermons in a year? And then I sat down and counted it that year. I had like 340 myself. And I was like, goodness. And then I realized how you preach 340 sermons or 450 sermons in a year. You say the same thing over and over again a couple of times. Amen. So the message I'm going to bring you tonight, normally when I travel, I take a message I've preached here to you guys, and I take it where I'm going. This is the opposite. While I was in Israel, I wrote this sermon, and I got to preach this at the Garden of Gethsemane. How many of you ever been to the Garden of Gethsemane? How many of you want to go to the Garden of Gethsemane? I want to take you there someday. It's, one of my, fa- it's my favorite place. Uh, I mean, Calvary, Garden of Gethsemane, they're both pretty awesome. But Calvary's questionable where it is. Gethsemane, I don't think there's much question. And while I'm there, I can look up at the Eastern Gate and pray. I believe that's what he did. And I know I've told you this before, but I'm always amazed. Do you, the religions of that area have, have planted dead bodies. All, the entire eastern gate is surrounded by dead bodies. Okay, Do you know why? Because they know Jesus promised he was going to come through that gate someday. The problem is they don't know that he's the resurrection and the life. Come on now, amen. They don't understand the day when he walks back through that gate, there won't be anybody left in those graves. He's going to go right through, and I am so thankful to have been there. But while I was preaching this, I didn't know that I'd bring it to you guys, but this, this, this morning as I was praying uh, through this, I kind of thought this is where I might end up, uh, I just felt compelled to bring you this. Uh, uh, you know, I enjoy bringing you uh, that truth on Sunday. How many of you understand, let's just revisit that briefly, that there's so- God is doing something in you that is greater than the chaos that's happening around you. Come on, Amen. And when you know that what God's doing in you is greater than the chaos happening around you, you know when it's birthed through you, it's going to be greater and going to supersede the chaos. Amen. And so uh, I preached that to you, went home and just kind of dove into a few things. And then somewhere about 8 o'clock maybe or 7 o'clock, a plague of illness just fell on my house. And we're talking can barely get out of the bed. Uh, Jordan flew home, uh, wasn't even able to go pick her up from the airport. Uh, got a little bit of strength for a minute yesterday. Uh, just horribly sick uh, uh, through the night, this last night. And somewhere earlier today, just kind of uh, broke. And I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to, to bring? What message do you, you want me to bring? And so I felt to take us in this blood round. Okay, that sounds, sounds cool, though, doesn't it? Like blood round. Speaking of his time in Gethsemane, says this about the Lord. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground 
like great drops of blood. Okay? They reached a place that it went all the way to the blood round. Now, to understand that phrase, blood round, I wonder if we have any uh, former wrestlers in here. All right. So you'll know what the blood round is. Okay? Uh, and, and a blood round, uh, I'll explain to you more about it in just a moment, but I want to tell you about a blood round that I faced. There was a time in our school here that we had a, a, a small football team, but the problem with our small football team was they weren't small. The front line were all right at 300 pounds. We would show up at other small Christian schools, and I'm telling you, they would forfeit the moment we got out of the van. We'd drive two hours, we'd get out of the van, and they'd look at these big old farm boys and go, not going to happen. I'm telling you, these guys were so big. I took the, the team to, they were having the all-you-can-eat crab legs over at Red Lobster. Y'all remember when they used to do that? We're part of the reason they don't do it anymore. They used to have these competitive teams come in. I took the team over there. We sat there, and they came out, and they said, gentlemen, look, between y'all and the other teams, you have eaten everything we had prepared for the whole entire evening. Give us a minute, we'll make you some more. The other grown men teams got up and they were like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? They were like, we give up. My wife called me and she's like, you need to get home now. And I was like, boys, y'all have already eaten 54 pounds of crab legs. We've got to go. It's done. It's through. We got to get out of here. I mean, big old guys. Well, for some reason, somebody had donated a wrestling mat. It was right out there in that gym. And, 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 and one day, there was about every one of that front line of that little, small, little football team, they were all wrestling on that mat. And I was their coach. And when I went walking through the gym, do you know what they said to me? Come on over here. Show us what you got, old man. I let them heckle me about halfway across that gym. Where's those bears when you need them? We talked about Sunday. Come on, amen. But they heckled me about halfway about that, across that gym, and then suddenly something, I went, I don't know if it was insanity or what, but I spun around. I walked back toward them. I said, one at a time. One at a time. I just imagine all of them jumping on me. It had been bad. I mean, I'm not a little boy myself. You know, I was like, one at a time. And one right after another, I pinned every one of them. Just boom. I mean, boom. Boom. I mean, it was like, I was like, Samson, the Holy Ghost was on me. Come on, amen. I was like, woo. And so I got up, and I remember, I'll never forget walking back this way. I'm walking back away from that mat, and I am thinking, just don't pass out. Just don't pass out. Because I was exhausted, but... They never looked at me. I'm going to tell you, they never heckled me again. It all came down to that match. It all came down to that moment. To understand what a blood round is, you've got to understand what that, that really the concept is. You see, it, it's all about whether or not you've been winning or you've been losing. And I want you to get this. Winning will prepare you for victory. Losing will leave you looking to live with the damage. I want you to get this. When you live a life that even if they're small victories, but you are, are building up victories in your life, you are preparing for more victories. All right, come on now. 
You're preparing for more victories. But what happens when you lose something? When your team goes to play this game against your neighbor's team, come on now, and your team doesn't win that year, all right? And you have to eat crow for the rest of the year. You always say, but next year's coming now, right? But you have to learn to live in that place of defeat. When you are allowing losses to build up in your life, listen to me carefully, when you're allowing losses to build up in your life and you're accepting losses as normal, when you're letting little sins come into your heart, grow inside of you, and you're learning to live in losses, what you're doing is learning to learn to cope with defeat. What you need are some victories. You need some victories to prepare you for victory. And what I mean by that, if you understand wrestling, it doesn't matter what your season looks like. If you make it into the qualification to be an All-American, you can have won every single match throughout the season. But the very last match of the wrestling season and the quest to be an all-American wrestler is called the blood round. It doesn't matter what has happened before. Now, I'm telling you what it's done is prepared you for where you are. But it doesn't matter what is done before. It's a battle that if you lose this one, everything else is disqualified. Everything else is a wash. Everything else changes because you lost the blood round. Now let me tell you, you don't ever make it to the blood round if you just live in defeat. You don't make it to the point of victory if you've learned to live in defeat. But what happens and gets you to that place is when little victories, now listen to me, some of you have been living with little sins. Do you know sin is not a pretty word in church anymore? But sin will keep you from life. And we have to deal with sin. Can I get an amen? amen? And so what I'm trying to tell you is in this preparation for the blood round of your life, it's the earlier rounds that you've got to become determined to win. I mean, it's the rounds when you walk out and you look at that little scrawny opponent of yours and you think, if I sat on you, this would be over. But you don't let down your guard. You win the match. It's when you look at somebody you've already beat time and time again and you realize the danger of that, that, that opponent and you keep fighting. You keep pressing on. You keep moving forward because the blood round's coming. We all will fight blood rounds in our lives. You see, when you come to the blood round, it's winner take all. In the Bible, one man who had a blood round was Jacob. Jacob's all-night wrestling match with God. Jacob wrestled with God probably is the best picture of the blood round. You see, Jacob went all in, and he refused to let go until God blessed him. Amen. What would happen in your life if you started fighting that way? What would happen if you said, God, I'm not going to get deterred. I'm not going to get pushed back. I'm not going to get set back again. And I am not going to let my yesterday cause my tomorrow to not be what you called it to be. I'm going to go all in for you, Jesus. Come on. Amen. What would happen in your life if you went on all in like that for Jesus? Come on. Amen. You see, when you're in the blood round like Jacob was, You'll find out that going the next step will change your identity and it will change your destiny. 
when you reach the bloodline of your life, when you come to that defining moment, so you go, Pastor Don, I, I don't know what my defining moment's going to be. No, no, no. I think you know what your blood round is every year. Some of you hit it this time of year. Some of you hit it when other people do certain things. Some of you hit it when certain things come back to your life. And you have to face these blood rounds over and over and over and over again, it seems, in your life. And you've been having these victories or losses that have been building up to this moment. But, but you've got to understand that if you want to go to the next step, if you want who you were not to be who you are, if you want what you were once destined for, how I many you know what I mean? Somebody, somebody told me, you, you'll never amount to anything. You're never going to be anything. You're never, that was the destiny they spoke over you. But you, you don't want to, my goodness, you don't want to live there anymore. You don't want to walk in that anymore. Why? You're not, you're not going to come to a new destiny by losses. You come to a new destiny by making up your mind. I will win, and I will win for the glory of God. And I'm going to give it all because it takes it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you give God a praise like he deserves tonight? Amen. You see, I want you to get this. Pastor Don, why do I have to fight these battles? I'll just tell you this. I had two scriptures come to my mind this morning while I was praying and studying. And one of them was the Psalms that says, I am surrounded by enemies on every side who seek my life. And I thought, well, what a good verse that is to bring up my heart this morning, Lord. I started to post it on Facebook. Come on, amen. But then I was reminded of another verse that talks about being surrounded by the mercy and goodness of God. You, it's up to you what you're surrounded by. Come on. But I want you to get this. The battle reveals who you have become and where you're headed. So you can, you can fake it in the good days. But who you are in the bad days. It's going to reveal the true reflection of the mirror. Come on, amen. Can I tell you, the good days are when you have primped, and, and I looked at Christina the other day, we were walking out the door, I said, honey, is my hair okay? <laughs> and she just laughed, yeah, like you did. <laughs> but the good days are the days you've primped and you look good. The battle days are the days you rolled right out of bed and somebody took your picture. Come on, Amen. It's who you really are. See, the battle reveals who you've really become. Can I tell you, it's also in the reverse of what some of you just thought. Some of you thought it'll show what's bad in your life, but it's also going to show you're not who you were. Because the devil, my goodness, the devil tells you, oh, just one little bad day and you're going to go back. Just one little, somebody offers you one little thing. Somebody brings you back to one little place and you're going to go back, you're going to go back. How many can testify with me? You were somebody who you didn't want to be, but God made you somebody you never dreamed you could be. And you don't plan on going back because of the blood of Jesus Christ that's made you clean and brought you over. Amen. Amen. My goodness, we're supposed to be hurrying up. Y'all help me preach tonight. I, I, I've learned the secret. Tell you I'm going to preach short and you say amen. Come on now, amen. My goodness. You see, when he was no longer Jacob, the deceiver, he, he was no longer Jacob, the deceiver. He became Israel. He who struggles with God. His identity was changed because of his blood rounds. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I'm come to tell you, you're going to fight a battle. 
But the battle's worth it because it's going to reveal the strength of God that's in you. You're not going to win it on your own. It's not going to be by your mind, and it's not going to be by your power, but it's going to be by the Spirit of the living God who has equipped you and called you unto good things in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. I feel this tonight. You see, Jacob won his blood round. Can I tell you, so did Jesus. You see, when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night of his betrayal, Scripture says his sweat was like drops of blood. He had a blood round going on. You don't sweat like that when times are easy. Come on. Where is Spencer in here? I don't know if he's probably behind there. He had a special in the first service Sunday. Which it went fine. Uh, it went real good. We had a choir in the first service. And he, uh, he's listening to me back there probably. But he came up and he said, Pastor, I, I hope this is going to be good. <laughs> I said, well, I'm sure it is. And then I looked at his head and he was sweating, just, just great rolls of sweat coming off. I said, is it going to be good? Come on now. <laughs> I said, the way you're perspiring is worrying me about whether or not it's going to be good. He said, just know we gave it our best. And I said, well, that's all I can ask. Amen. <laughs> you see, when the pressure's on, that's when you perspire. When you perspire to the point that it becomes like great drops of blood. Now, there's some great studies of whether or not it was like blood or became blood and all those kind of things. But, but we, we, when it becomes to that point to where your body is so stressed that, that you're shaky and, you, and you're weak, and, but yet you keep moving forward, knowing they would come in the distance. They came. I walked with the people that were on the trip with me the other day down to Caiaphas's house. Down, down into the dungeon below Caiaphas' house, knowing that Jesus was pushed off into that. Knowing that the only way they got him out was when he willingly allowed the ropes to be tied around him to pull himself back up. Knowing they were going to beat him and yank the beard from his face and, and bloody uh, every, every vessel they could. And they were, they were going to uh, blacken his eyes. And they were, then they were going to take and they were going to uh, put a crown of thorns on his head after they filleted his back. And they were going to put part of a cross and take him out and nail him on a cross. And, and they, they were going to take him all the way to the point that he would cost him everything how many of you would understand that's a blood round that's a blood round he knew that it was going to cost him everything it was a bloody affair but jesus won his blood round how did he endure the cross how did he keep going in spite of all of the struggles let me tell you the two key things he went all in and he kept his eyes on the prize you will never win Walking halfway. My goodness. I wrote three sermons this morning. And I'm about ready to preach all three of them right now. I feel it. I'm telling you. You will never win with one foot in and one foot out. You have to make it. You'll never, you'll never finish unless you go all in. You'll never become unless you go all in. My goodness. 
Can I just say what just popped in my heart? If what effort you have given has brought you this far, can you imagine what would happen if you went all in for Jesus? If you, if you went all in. But Pastor Don, there's so much behind me and I got all this pain and all this problem. That's because you've missed the second part of what I just told you. He went all in and he kept his eyes on the prize. He kept looking ahead. He kept looking forward. And we understand according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse number two, what he was looking at. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Come on now, listen to me a moment. What joy set before him? He came to save you and I. So what that tells me was he looked at the cross, but on the other side of the cross, he saw somebody worth dying for. He saw somebody worth loving. Am I making sense to anybody tonight? He saw somebody worth moving on for. And when he looked on the other side of the cross, he said, I can endure it all because of who I'm headed toward. Can I tell you tonight, we have a cross to bear, but if we'll look upon Jesus, we can endure it all because of who we're headed for. He's worth it and he's holy. Would you give him a praise tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know who is it in here has been saying amen, but you messed up this whole night. You done fired me up. Come on. <laughs> Supposed to be quiet tonight and behaving. We stay strong in the face of pain, suffering, and trials by fixing our eyes on Jesus. Our problem is we look at the storm too much. Jesus says, come to me, and we look at the water, and we start to sink. But if we'll go all in for Jesus, can I tell you the neatest thing about going all in for Jesus is you don't have to wonder if he'll go in all for you because he's already went all in for you. Hebrews 12 tells us this in verse number 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially, what, what? Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Man. What? Let me just, can I translate that into Don Allen chapter 12? Are you ready for this? Don't just focus on the things you want to give up. Focus on the thing you don't want to give up. Focus on the thing that you need to give up. Focus on the pain that you don't want to let go of. Focus on the thing that comforts you when you feel like everybody else has failed you. I'm preaching truth now. But you know, I love that word especially. Because you probably know especially what it is. Especially, especially know what it is. Come on now. That's one of those special sins. You know what I'm talking about? You'll give him everything, but you're not sure about that thing. Lay it down. Can I just say that again? Lay it down. And then let us run with endurance the race that God has set uh, uh, before us. We do this by what? Fixing our eyes. By what? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. My God's good. And He's holy. And He's worthy. And He deserves for us to give it our all. He held nothing back for us.
Can I, let me just tell you this about this passage, and this is going to ruin a future sermon probably, but we'll see if you remember it when I preach it. Well, I learned something that is a theory. It's a what? A theory while we were there. And Ray probably could explain this better than I, I, I could because he was there with me listening. But um, that when somebody, imagine if somebody were standing in front of you and they just began to rise up into, come on now, the, the air as Jesus ascended, right? I mean, you know, you could probably see him by, by the eye. You could probably see him on a fairly clear day in that region because there's not a lot of rain, particularly that time of year at all. There's not a lot of clouds. You could see him for, I think it's like three miles up into the sky. Okay? I mean, it's pretty serious. But what does the Bible say about that? That he became enveloped in a cloud. Theory. Theory. Liked it, though. The theory was this. This is down Todd's alley right here. The theory was this. The, the Bible says that when he that ascended also descended. And while he descended, in the three days he was in the grave, he preached in hell. Okay? And he liberated those that were in the paradise, bosom of Abraham's side of hell. Now, we also know that the Scripture tells us that there was a certain group of people that upon his death that were raised. Right? I've always wondered, what happened to all those dead people that got up? I mean, did they just get tired one day and go back to the grave? You ever thought about that? I mean, there are thousands and thousands of dead people walking around. You know, I've told you this before, my favorite just analogy of that, people miss that in the Scripture. The Bible said the saints were raised, they went into the city and preached that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. That's what the Scripture says. My favorite illustration of that is this. Knock, knock, knock. Man opens his door, and there is his mother-in-law that's been buried for three months. I'm not looking at my mother-in-law when I tell this. Come on now. And there is his mother-in-law that's been dead for three months. She's like, boy, I've been dead three months, and you done killed God. Come on now. Think about that for a minute. I had to come back and straighten you out. But all of these saints awakened. So what happened to them? Well, the theory I heard that was there was pretty interesting, that, that as he went heavenward, that a great cloud of witnesses surrounded him. Why would he liberate them, raise them, just to leave them? I went, oh my goodness, that'll preach. I'm just practicing it on y'all. Come on, amen. But listen, here's the joy of that, that the crowd that went became the cloud that watches. Let me say that again. The crowd that went became the cloud that watches. What's that scripture? Go back to that scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, that second verse of that. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set by by doing this, by fixing our eyes on Jesus. Go back to verse 1, I'm sorry. Go back to verse 1. That we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. I need to ask you a question tonight. Who's watching you run? Who's watching you run? I've got some, some family 
Some of them spiritual family and some of them physical family. They're watching me run. They're watching my walk. I believe they're interceding for us. Come on now, amen. They're watching us. I thought about old Frank the other day. I was going through a battle and I, I thought about, well, old Frank's probably shaking his head at Don's failures down there. And then I thought, no, he's praying for me. Is grandmom up there praying for you? Grandpa up there praying for you? Mom and dad? Your spiritual father? Whoever it is, who is, who's watching you run? Now watch this. If well, you're being watched run, then I... Can I tell you? If I have to run with nobody watching, I'm not running. I'm not in that big a hurry. And I don't need a medal to hang on my wall with a number. Come on, amen. But if somebody's watching and I got to get somewhere in a hurry, I'll run and I'll try not to look dumb while I do it. Come on, amen. I need to fix my eyes on the prize. And I need to run realizing not only are there people there watching, but there are people here watching. And this is a blood round. Because if you don't want beat it, then your children aren't going to see how it can be beat. I'm preaching truth. If you don't beat it, but Pastor Don, you don't understand, nobody's beat this in my family for 16 generations, then it stops today. You start beating it today. If you need a second wind, do you know what you need to do? Look to Jesus. Fix your eyes. I bet you're looking at the problem more than you're looking at the one who sets you free. You're looking at the waves instead of the wave walker. You know, here's another thing you're going to have to do. As I woke up this morning, I didn't feel well. I wasn't happy, frustrated. But as I looked around in my world, I realized there was only one place to go. And that was to get along with my father. So I went to my office. And I opened the word. I didn't even want to talk to God right that moment because I knew he wanted me to repent. You ever been there? I want to, I want to be frustrated. I want to be angry. You can't be frustrated and angry in the presence of God. He said, all right, God, work in me. Now, let me just tell you, and I didn't bring this out earlier, but you need to understand, some battles that you fight, they're not going to rob you of your future. They're just going to rob you of your joy. Rob you of your peace. Some battles can rob you of your life. Let me just give you an example. The next time you're having a heated discussion with somebody that you love, and you think I probably shouldn't say this, and you say it anyways, you lost that battle because you watched the peace leave the room. <laughs> Ain't gonna be no joy today. Come on, amen. Because you, you lost a little battle. But when you get tempted to step over into a world of defeat and darkness. That's a blood round. 
When you get tempted to, to not honor God, that's a blood round. When you get tempted to sin, that's a blood round for your life because sin always leads to death. Some little things here and there that are not sin are just they're attitude adjustments and things that you need to battle through. And they'll help you be ready to beat the sin if you win those things. But there's some areas in your life some of you fighting a blood round in your life. My goodness. I wonder how many of you would say that with me. Like, Pastor Don, I'm fighting a blood round in my life. If that's you, I'm going to do something that's going to shock our team. But I, I want to pray with you up front if that's you. I just want you to come to the front if you're fighting a blood round in your life. Would you, would you come forward? You know exactly what that especially sin is. You know exactly where you are. fighting a blood round. Just, just spread out through here as much as you can. And then, just as quick as we can, saints, come behind these quickly, quickly, come behind them, come behind them. He said, but pastor, I'm tired. You're not too tired. Come on. Just stand right behind these and stretch your hands toward them. If you're close to one or two of them, just gently lay your hand on their back. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. You are the victorious one. You are the great one. You are the good one. You are the one who fought the battle for us, and now we fight the battle for you. You won so that you could equip us to win. My goodness, people are still coming into place just... Just stretch your hands toward these and let's, I want you to just begin to pray over them as, as I just, Spirit of the Most High God, you see every struggle. Lord, I declare that this is more than just walking to the front. I declare that this is more than just what used to be called an altar service. Lord, I declare that this is a point this is the map. This is the, this is the wrestling moment. This is, this, this is it. This is the moment when they're going to make up their mind, I'm not going under, I'm not going down, I'm going to win by the blood of the Lamb. This is the moment they're going to make up their, their declaration that, that, this, that the enemy's victories in this area are over. I claim the victory that Christ has given me by faith right now. That area that you surrender to Christ He's taking control of in your life right now by faith. Right now by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, pray with me, church. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare as you surrender that, I, I declare. Somebody make connection with them. If there's anybody near, make connection. I declare the freedom of God. I declare the victory of Christ. I my goodness, my I, I wish you could feel what I feel. I declare the liberty of Jesus Christ over your life. You are not going under. You are not going down. You will not be defeated. You will be victorious by the blood of the Lamb. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You have everything you need to succeed in the name of Jesus Christ. That's 
Experience today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.